0: that ship going north. And the night I entered that ship, we sat maybe six or eight people at table. And we all introduced ourselves. My name is Neville Goddard. And so I would shake hands. And this one is so and so you all introduce yourself aboard ship. Then the man to my right said to the waiter, let us see what you have for wine. The waiter brought the wine list. He said, we'll have that. I didn't say wine. So he ordered that wine. Then came the first course, soup. So I didn't ask if there's meat stock in this, as I'd done for seven years. I drank the soup. Then he brought the second course. It was fish. I ate the fish. He brought the third course. It was meat. I ate the meat. All the time pouring down the wine. Everything that I had not done in seven years, I did that night. And then from then on, for the 10 or 12 days at sea, till I got off the ship in New York City... Then I understood what he meant. You will die. That state called John the Baptist, which does violence to itself, you must pass through. If you are not now in it, you will be in it. It's part of the eternal drama of God. God has prepared a way to redeem himself. It's God and only God playing all these parts. So God has prepared the way to bring himself back, individualized as you there's no other way. So from Adam to Jesus Christ, they are only states of awareness through which God and only God passes. And the last state of the old dispensation is John the Baptist. That is the last stage. And so man must pass through that state. Don't try to invite it. It happens. And you don't understand why it happens. In my own case, raised normally with all the food before me, because my father made a living feeding us by selling this, fish, fowl, meat, eggs, butter, everything that was normal, all the rum in the world. We make rum in Barbados. He drank heavily. My father was a very heavy drinker. All these things were exposed to us, so we took it and suffered it. My father, the depths of my own being, and moving me through all these furnaces put me into a state where I was married at the age of 18, Father at nineteen, separated at twenty, and then I became so disillusioned with marriage, I vowed I would have not a thing to do with sex, my own disillusionment, my own, not hers, my own. That was part of the play where he put me through these furnaces and brought me out seven years later. I know friends of mine who have been in that state of John the Baptist for fifteen years or for fifty years, and they have died in it. But the wheel turns, they will come out, the wheel turns. Although they cease to be here as a flesh and blood being, they were in it when they died. Others came out after 40 years. Here was George Bernard Shaw. He died in it after 70 years. He was 90 years when he died. He was a strict vegetarian and a teetotaler. He was in it, but he died in it. He had not come out. He died not believing in Christ. He died an atheist. He didn't know the good news. My friend Abdullah, who taught me this story, he was in it for 40 years. He hadn't touched anything that was meat, especially pork. He was born and raised in the Jewish faith, and for 40 years he touched nothing that was meat. But certainly he, not only 40 years, but from the time of of birth up, until he was almost 80 years old, he hadn't touched pork. And then came the same thing to him that happened to me. So man passes through this state called John the Baptist, and he comes into the state called Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the freedom of the world. So it's said of John, he came not eating or drinking. It is said of Christ, called the Son of Man, he came eating and drinking. And they say of him, behold, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. So you must pass through it, and then you know what he's talking about. He doesn't come to destroy the law. He said not one little dot will be rubbed out of the law. All will be fulfilled. But he interprets the law as John could not interpret it. John thought that by doing violence to his appetite, he would get into the kingdom. He thought that he could scare a man into salvation. And the next state beyond John tells you, you can't do it that way. He interprets the law and shows the law as something that is mental, not physical. And then he puts it this way. You have heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, anyone who looks on a woman lustfully has already committed the act of adultery with her in his heart. Matthew uh, 5, I think that's Matthew five twenty-seven. He takes it from a physical state to a mental state. If I look upon a woman lustfully and I think I can get away with it, and it seems pleasant, I may be inclined to do it. If I contemplate that act, along with its consequences for myself, I did it. So causation is mental. It's not physical. John didn't know that. The state called John didn't know that. If I restricted myself and restricted the impulse I thought, well, am I not wonderful? I have just abided by the law. Ye shall not do. Then comes the next state called Jesus Christ. And that state tells me that wasn't good enough. The wheel is turning and you are going to do it tomorrow. The wheel will turn now and tomorrow when it turns all over again, you will be performing the act. And you'll wonder, why has this happened to me? To the disgrace of my family and myself. Because you thought by the restraint of the act, you didn't do it. And now he interprets the law for us and tells us the very contemplation of the act was the act. And so when one gets to that point where they don't even contemplate it, well, then off the wheel of recurrence, we are lifted one by one. And that is the story of the one greater than John. So everyone is moving through a series of states. And it starts from Adam. Well, we can stop the Adam and start it from Abraham, for that's where real civilization begins. So you start from Abraham, and you come all the way through into Jesus Christ, and there are only states of consciousness where God passes through individualizing himself as you, and everyone goes through the state called John the Baptist. So all of those born of woman, none is greater than John, yet the least in the kingdom of God is greater than John. So how great we are in this world, that doesn't really matter. Because the least in the kingdom of God has a greatness beyond the wildest dream of this world. The least has a greatness. You can't conceive the greatness of the least in the kingdom. And he's brought there, not by anything he's done. For, may I tell you, I did nothing to do it. I fell into it. But who made me fall into it? God. And so we can't take any credit for having fallen into the state of John. It seemed to me, if I reflect upon it prior to when I fell into it, that I was disillusioned in marriage, a young man of 18 getting married, and then being a father at 19 and then at 20 separated and becoming disillusioned, and then pledging myself not to have anything to do in the sexual world, and then to give up completely all food that I loved. I love food. Love all the things that the world could offer. And then to go through it, and a man would tell me on a certain day, you are going to die, but not really die. And then you are bewildered. I'm going to die, but I'm not going to die. What is he talking about? While he was talking about the state, I will die to the state. And when after all these things happen, and I said to him, What did you mean, and who told you that I would die and yet not really die? He said to me, the brothers. That's all that he would tell me. The brothers told me that you would die and not really die. The brothers told me you were coming to me. And what did he mean by the brothers? The Elohim, the gods who made us all in their own image. Okay, so that is going to conclude part one. of of two of neville goddard's lecture titled one greater than john thank you so much again for joining me for another lecture Um, i will see you guys next episode for part two of one greater than john have a wonderful day i'll see you next time so the last state man passes through is john the baptist where he does violence to himself now he is clothed in camel's hair and a leather girdle the most external parts of a man is hair and skin. So he clothes himself in camel's hair and a leather girdle. So here, he is the most external thing that man could ever have on a body would be the camel's hair and the leather girdle. And he said, if you will accept it, he is Elijah come again. Go back and read the story of Elijah. He was clothed in camel's hair and a leather girdle. It means that the mind is clothed with something external. I think if I give to the poor, if I contribute to the church, if I go to church every Sunday, and I do all the external things, then I'm now getting into the kingdom of heaven. So I, I abide by all the external things and that doesn't give me any place into the kingdom of heaven, then I begin to do violence to my appetite. I restrain the impulse to do this, that or the other, not knowing that life itself is nothing more than the appeasement of hunger. And God and only God gives me the different hungers. And the final hunger he gives me is a hunger for the word of God. The very last hunger, as told us in the book of Amos, I will send a famine upon the world. It will not be for bread or thirst for water, but for the hearing of the word of God. And so the last hunger to come upon man is to hear the word of God. To hear it is to experience it. I want to experience the reality of what is said in Scripture, and so I will hear it, and I'm so hungry to hear it, I will experience it. Then comes man's individual experience. So man must experience Scripture for himself to understand how wonderful it is. When he experiences Scripture, the hunger that preceded the experience is now satisfied by the experience, And so that is what comes out when he enters into the state called Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the power, the fulfillment of God's purpose. So in the end, there's nothing but Jesus Christ. So then we are told in that day or on that day, the Lord is one and his name one. And that name is Jesus. All come out as he, but they must pass through the state called John the Baptist. And John is but a state, and all must pass through that state doing violence to themselves and the hope that in some way it is seen by someone above him. And by that seeing he enters into the state called salvation. You cannot save yourself. No man can save himself. It's the gift of grace. It's the gift of God. You could this very moment become the most strict vegetarian in the world, teetotaler, non-smoker, celibate. Go to the extreme state and make yourself impotent that you couldn't possibly even entertain the thought. And yet you cannot, by such violence to yourself, enter the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is entered by grace, but you pass through the violence to self, and then you come out. May I tell you, when you do come out, there'll always be those who mock you, always those. So when he comes into the world, they call him a glutton, and they call him a drunkard and the friend of sinners. And may I tell you, when I came back after seven years of this rigid discipline, and those who saw me in this meeting one night, when I got up and suddenly confessed what I am now doing, that a few ladies in the audience cried, because they thought they had me in some personal savior, and I became to them an image that cracked and broke, and they saw me now an utter failure, one who normally drank and normally ate meat, To them I was a complete disillusioned being, and it happens to every being in this world. You'll pass through it, and I am sharing with you my own experience, and no man can speak with any greater authority than when he speaks from experience. For a truth that man knows from experience, he knows more thoroughly than he knows anything else in this world, or than he can know that same truth in any other way. So if I tell you of this experience, you may believe me or you may disbelieve me. Even those who believe me will not know it to the extent they will know it after they themselves have had the experience. And so you pass through. But don't encourage it. Don't this night say, I will simply go on a vegetable diet. I will give up liquor. I'll give up smoking. I'll give up sex in the hope that I'm going to pass through this state. It doesn't come that way. It comes in a strange way. It came to me in the strangest way. I ordered the most wonderful roast beef. May I tell you, I was in Syracuse, New York, and I love my meat. And I ordered the most wonderful roast beef. And as I put my knife into it, I actually felt I was cutting the animal alive. I took the plate and pushed it away. I could not take one piece from that plate, and for seven years I couldn't, so it happened that way. I couldn't touch a piece of meat, a piece of fowl, an egg, or a fish, for seven years. But it happened. I was for seven years. Then I ordered from the menu roast beef, as I always loved it. And as it was delivered, I just thought it would be marvelous. And as I put my knife right into it, I was cutting into the animal and pushed the whole thing away. For seven years, it was that way. And coming back to the States, I did everything I had not done in seven years. That's how you pass through the state called John the Baptist and come into the state called Jesus Christ. But before you are lifted off the wheel, you must prove that this is good news. And good news is that everything in this world that you want, you can have it if you clothe yourself with it. It doesn't mean you're lifted off the wheel, but clothe yourself with it. You want to be rich? How would you feel were you rich? You want to be healthy? How would you feel were you healthy? You want to be free of all embarrassment? How would you feel this night if you were not embarrassed? Then not a thing in this world could embarrass you. How would you feel if it were so? And you clothe yourself with these states one after the other and be faithful to the clothing that you wear and let it unfold in your world. It will. It will completely unfold in your world and you will see it. Then as you practice with it, and actually believe in the good news of the kingdom of God, suddenly, when you least expect it, one after the other, a series of events that God predetermined to awaken himself will awaken within you. Because God has prepared a way for himself to return individualized as you, completely prepared, and no one can stop the way. He's prepared that way, and so, at the very end, all of a sudden, the series begins to unfold, and you are it unfolding, and you are He, the one who became you and took Himself through the furnaces, all through John into Jesus Christ, and you awake as He. There's not a thing I can tell you to persuade you to accept it, and I wouldn't raise a finger to make it so, because I am not convinced by speculation. I am convinced by knowing, having experienced it. And so, if all the great teachers of the churches of the world stood before me in opposition, it would make no difference to me whatsoever. They too will pass through these states because they aren't elected to these states by men. So, the heads of all the great churches of the world, if they stood before me now, I could say to them, if you have not experienced it, you will, and your greatness in this world is as not. It is nothing for the least in the kingdom is greater than you for the least in the kingdom has a greatness that you cannot measure by anything on earth. And if you have not experienced this, no matter how great you are with all the metals pinned upon you by men who vanish in this world, it is as nothing, but the day will come. You'll go through John the Baptist. He's not a man who lived 2000 years ago. He represents a state of consciousness that's eternal, through which every soul must pass, and passing through they do violence to their appetites. They come out of it and enter the state called Jesus Christ, and they believe the story of the good news of God, and actually prove it in performance. They prove it and prove it until that moment in time when they're lifted off the wheel of recurrence, then they enter the kingdom of God. But here we are told concerning John, the law, and the prophets until John, it starts the great law, and all through the great prophets until John, Matthew eleven thirteen. 13, there comes a stop, from then the good news of the kingdom is preached, and everyone enters the kingdom violently. I read here in the most recent scholarly works this passage, which is the 16th chapter, the 16th verse of the book of Luke, and these great scholars and there were hundreds of them in discussion, and they confessed it doesn't make sense. It only adds confusion to confusion, based upon an earlier passage that they can't understand what he means, that all of a sudden everyone enters the kingdom violently, and this thing happens after John. Well, may I tell you it's true. It happened to me, and I can't tell you how violent you are when you enter. Not angry, but sheer, sheer energy. You use a power that you have never heard of on earth. We speak of a power of blowing up a whole city with one bomb, blowing up a country with a bomb. It doesn't compare to the power that you exert in that moment of entrance into the kingdom of God. When you are whipped up in the form of a spiral into your own skull, it is as though it takes that energy to ram you into the eternal structure that God has predetermined, as though the whole vast skull is being lifted. Or is being filled, and you fill one niche forever and ever, but you move into it with such power the whole thing radiates, the whole thing shakes like an earthquake, as though the whole vast world is an earthquake, and then suddenly when you're completely in it and then riveted in, then it subsides, and it's all quiet, and you return here to the world of Caesar. So the world is stating in that 16th verse of the 16th chapter of Luke. Everyone enters it violently. May I tell you, it must, because it takes an enormous power to drive you into that part prepared for you. It's been waiting for you since the beginning of time, and you move into that one part prepared for you. And you move in so forcefully, the whole structure vibrates. Then it subsides and you're back. So you go home this night and clothe yourself in the joy of being the man, the woman that you want to be. I tell you, it will not fail you. Now let us go into the silence. Okay, so this is another lecture where he has a question and answer section at the end. However, some of the questions are inaudible, so the answers don't really uh, necessarily make sense. So I'm not going to go over that question and answer portion. So that is the end of part two of Neville Goddard's lecture titled One Greater Than John. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode. Uh, I appreciate having you guys here and sharing Neville's work. You guys, have a wonderful day. I'll see you in the next lecture.